Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Hey, Besties. Thanks for listening. Quick note, there is an echo in parts of this replay. The pitfalls of live audio. Hope you enjoy it anyway. Welcome, everyone, to the now award-nominated VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. To stay up to date on all things VOBB, you can swing by our website and sign up for our weekly newsletter and join us on the VO Booth Besties Facebook group as well. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. All right. As senior producer for network television, Harry has been in charge of promo campaigns for multitude of shows. That is his coaching point of view, the perspective of the on-air producer, the person on the other side of the audition. What are the elements network executives are looking for in choosing voiceover for a new project? That's what Harry brings. How can you make your self-directed audition stand out from the 50 other people doing the same audition? Harry's got it. Harry has a unique and specific approach to helping voiceover talent improve their promo skills. It is a super competitive business and everyone needs an edge. I can attest to the fact that Harry is as sharp an edge as they come, even if he's a Detroit fan. <sighs> Sigh already. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Well, it looks like Alicia everybody. was. Hang on. It looks like Alicia was able to join us. Yep, I am in the car, so I apologize for the car noise, but I just wanted to say hey, and I was going to tell our story of how we met Harry, because it's, I think it's fun. Would you please do that? Because <laughs> it's sassy, sassy Kappa pants in the house, right? It's uh, Kappa Kappa Sassy is in the oh, house. Oh, I got I it joined backwards. a sorority in Dallas, and I told the story, of course. So I sat through Harry's, I didn't sit through many classes at the One Voice Conference because I had just had surgery and sitting was not comfortable for me, but I sat through his entire, actually, I think I stood, but I stayed in his entire class and the whole time he was talking for the first time I ever, for the first time ever, I considered that maybe promo was something that I could take a stab at because I'd always heard, oh, I don't even bother. There's no point. Like, there's it's this, you know, and there may be some element of that to it, but you made me believe in the idea. And so I went up and talked to you thinking, you know, I'd ask you one quick question. And immediately it was like my long lost friend. Like you're just the <laughs> nicest guy. You, you shared so much information so willingly and we had a great conversation. And then we ended up having drinks in the bar, Alicia Herc soda and and you guys whatever you were drinking i don't even know the names of alcoholic beverages to tell you but it was a lot of fun and uh we've been harry fans ever since so i'm gonna sign off and let the gals ask the questions because i've got a sick kid i gotta go pick up at school but thanks for being on the show harry it is my pleasure well thanks for stopping by alicia um so harry let's let's jump in so for the maybe newer people or even people who have been in the industry but haven't really dappled in this genre what is promo and why is it different than a movie trailer voice for example <coughs> well let's start with commercial okay okay so i get this a lot in lessons it's like well my commercial coach tells me never to speak any louder than this well there's a reason for that 
And that is in a commercial, you have a very thin piece of music and that's all you have going on. A little thin piece of music. So you never need to raise your voice. You can just go, Verizon has the best 5G network on the planet. And that's perfectly loud enough to cut through what's going on. In a promo, you've got much louder music, much bigger music. You've got audio design you have to compete with, whooshes and sound design, that kind of thing. Plus, you're, you're speaking in and out of the dialogue. Okay? So commercial reads rarely fly in a promo just because there's so much more activity going on in a promo than there is in a commercial. Now, as for trailers, let's not kid ourselves. <clears throat> there's one read for trailers and one read only, and it's the read I'm doing right now. And it really never changes from trailer to trailer to trailer. So you can spend a lot of money on a trailer demo, but if you got this read dialed in, you're in pretty good shape for a trailer. Okay. There's your answer. That was perfect. <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> all right so all right so now i know the differences i know what it is where do i find it and and am i going to find it because when i talked to you at dallas you were pretty clear i mean promo comes from um it kind of filters through five three five particular agencies and not always but is normally union like talk to us about that uh, so to do promo on network television, and, and I would say the majority of uh, cable networks, and for sure streaming, HBO, all that, uh, you do need to be a member of SAG-AFTRA. But SAG-AFTRA is not the hardest. It's hard to get into, but it's not. Like, for example, I had a guy named Tim Page, and I wanted him to do a campaign. So the way it works is is uh, they want you to use a SAG actor, but if you don't use a SAG actor, they have our, our guy at the CW had to fill out paperwork. Now, he's not a big fan of filling out paperwork, so his name was Bill. He came into my office and goes, Tim's not in the union. I go, yeah, I know. And he goes, can, is there anybody else who can do this voice? No, this is who we want. You know, there's a bunch of paperwork to fill out. I believe in you, Bill. And then he kind of gave me a look and stormed out. And then, you know, a day later, Tim was in the SAG. That's how it Perfect. works. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So, yeah, it helps to be in SAG. First of all, you get monstrously good insurance in SAG. Yes, it's like three grand to join. It's the best three grand you'll ever spend in your life. Now, who, but you also said that it's usually agent, there's certain agencies, because that's the other thing. A lot of times, promo, especially at the level you're talking about, like, let's, let's go there. You're talking about cable network. You're talking about streaming services. This isn't going to be your local agency's going to get this audition. No. no, the way it works in a network is we don't want to have to go through 500 agencies. You, you know, there's five agencies, you know, that are really, that have all the talent, that have the majority of the really high end talent. So why go to the sixth, seventh, eighth agency? You, you know, we're going to find somebody in those at Atlas, at DPN, at KMR in New York. You know, at Sutton Barth and Venari, and even with uh, management company ACM, you're going to find somebody there that's going to work. So it just pays dividends to get into one of the, the, the big agencies. You know, we're not really going to go to eight. Like, there's no, I can't see, see a scenario where we'd go to AB squared. Okay. Or, you know, and we're never going to call a regional agency. Um, you know, so just, there's just no point in going to a ton of agencies. That, that makes sense, right? Yeah. So before I turn over to JT, one of the things that I 
we've taught you and I talked about and, and Joe Cipriano and David Alden, others have talked about is also this opportunity for getting away from the middle-aged white guy. Talk to us about that. Oh, well, they're just, you know, life is cyclical. Okay. So for a long time, it was the same 10 guys that got every job. And those same, those 10, 15 guys were making $2 million a year in promo, you know, or in voiceover, I should say. They do other things. And then there just came a moment in, in history where, where networks decided, do we have to keep using these same people? You know, there's a world of really talented women out there and there's a world of really talented people of color out there. And can we, I wonder if they can do every bit as good as those same 10 middle-aged white guys and lo and behold, they can. What a surprise. So suddenly the doors just open for women and people of color. It didn't have to be the same 10 people booking every time. And it, you know what? Promo's all the better for it. Now, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, gear shift. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We've got a five-speed over here. <laughs> Promo scripts tend to look a little bit different than other copy. They so when people are looking at those for the first time, they're like, eh, I don't know what to do with this. Can you give us some cues on how to read them the right way? Sure. That's very simple. If, if you, the greatest gift any auditioner can get is a script that has the dialogue attached. Okay. And the greatest mistake most voiceover artists make is they just don't even bother to read the dialogue. They just read only the copy. That's a horrible mistake. The reason being is the dialogue will dictate what you're going to do in your performance. You don't want to do the same thing the dialogue is doing. Example, You've got really body raunchy, zany dialogue. If you come up with a really body raunchy, zany uh, audition for the VO, you've lost because you don't want to do the same thing the dialogue's doing. If the dialogue in this instance is body raunchy, zany, you want to be subdued. Okay. You want to do the opposite. Think about a volleyball game. Okay. If everybody wanted to be a spiker, what would happen to that team? They would lose because you need setters as much as you need spikers. Okay. In basketball, you need point guards as much as you need centers, okay? You don't want to do the exact same thing the dialogue is doing, right? So keep that in mind if you do get these auditions that contain dialogue. Do the opposite of what the dialogue is doing, okay? You know, if you've got a horror uh, audition and all the scary stuff is coming in the, in the S, what we call the SOTs, which stands for sound on tape, and SOTs basically means the dialogue and the audio design, all that's written into the script. You don't want to do some horror read like this because the dialogue's doing that. Okay. So do the opposite of what the dialogue's doing, if that makes sense. It does. And if you get an audition for a show or a network that you're not familiar with, probably best to do your homework and that's easy. Watch Just some go of it. on uh, Wikipedia, read about what the show's about. Go over to YouTube and type in the show promo. You know, the best thing to look for is. Every new show has what's called a launch trailer, okay? It's played at the upfronts. It's basically a three-minute presentation piece of what the prom what the promise of the show is going to be. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it maybe on that network's page. Watch that. That'll tell you what the show's about, you know, the launch trailer. So if you went to, like, YouTube, let's just say, like, the show Found, F-O-U-N-D, Found, that just mm -hmm. started airing on NBC. Let's say you got an audition for that. You have no idea what the show's about. Go on YouTube, go find the, you know, the trailer, just go found trailer or found 
presentation piece, something like that. And just watch it. That'll t- and it'll give you a whole vibe of what the show's about. Okay. So now you've you've nailed it. You booked the job. Do you generally get to hear the promo before you record, so you've got the right? Absolutely. Tone? All promos are done. Bef- the last part of any promo is the VO. You know, so the process that I go through is I will, uh, <coughs> I will, I, I, as a senior producer, I was in charge of the writing, the directing of the VO, the producing of it, the editing of it, all elements of it. So once it gets approved, it would be my scratch VO for, 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 uh, for the time being. And my voice absolutely sucks. So it's <laughs> amazing. I get anything bought. I'm a terrible VO. You know, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach, teach promo VO. All right. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, it's all done with my scratch voice in there. Okay. So then when we bring in the voiceover professionally on Source Connect, please have Mac-based Source Connect people. This PC Source Connect is such a headache for a lot of networks because of corporate firewalls. Just please, Mac-based version 3.9 moving. Just helpful hint to all you guys out there. All right. Um, then we just drop you in. We just read you the track. It's done. We just pull out my voice and put in your voice. Now, I find the three beep thing kind of a distraction. A beep, beep, beep. And then you're worried about timing rather than performance. So what I'll do is I'll just say, screw it. Just run the, run the music along. Read to the music. Give me three takes. One of them will be the right speed. I guarantee you. And I do it that way. I, I hate the three beep thing. It's, there's just too much. It's distracting. Okay, so then as the editor, do you fit the other elements around the voice or are you trying to get the voice to time out to where you've got everything already set? Oh, the voice timing is the last thing. You really want to make sure your dialogue is has all the breathing room it needs. And then, you know, there's this way, you know, if, if, if the VO is too long, you just cut a few words. I mean, that's all part of the editorial process. Okay. Okay. Oh, Yeah. So, so that's what we do. You cut it first, you have scratch VO in there, and then you hire somebody and you drop them in right then and there on the spot. In a session, they can take as little as eight minutes, as long as 30, you know, there's sometimes there's cut downs, meaning you've, you, your primary spot is a 30 and then you do a 20, a 15 and a 10. And the way you see the tag in the 30 is not going to be, it's going to be too slow for the way you say it in a 10. So there's just a lot going on. And I think last time I remember the body of any spot was around $240 and every single tag was 93, I'm going to say, maybe $97. So if you get like a 30, 20, 10 with four tags, the tags alone are, you know, close to over a thousand dollars. Plus that's a $2,000 job for, you know, 17 minutes work. It's not too shit. (laughs) And Jay, I want to know, like when, why did promo become such this kind of elite genre? Like this thing people are aspiring to. I mean, I get it pays well, but it's like, why did it start paying well in the first place? I mean, because there's just well, first of all, there's SAG minimums. We we honor SAG wages. Right. Okay, that's the SAG contract. And two, there's not that many promos. There's a three billion commercials, you know, and there's lots to voice, and you can book commercials through Wayman and Minneapolis and Liz Atherton and Austin. There's just <coughs> companies everywhere. They're getting flooded with commercial auditions. You know, you can go to voices.com and 
<clears throat> book commercials for that. You can, but there's just a limited, a finite number of promos. So that makes it more. So it's just economics. Yeah, supply it's supply and demand. And demand. Okay. You know, there's okay. not a great supply of promos, but there's a, a tremendous right. supply of commercials. You know, there's millions of products out there that need commercials. There's a handful of TV shows that need promos. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it means to be the voice of a campaign? I'm going to say the word campaign, but that's the know. correct word. Okay, well, so so kind of speak to that. What is it like? That sounds like that's the that's the deal. That's what you want. <laughs> sure, of course. So the most important audition you'll ever get is the sizzle reel, which means, oh boy. All right. So we're going to really dig into the weeds here. Thanks, Jen. We're going to dig into the weeds here. <laughs> You're welcome. So there's a thing called the upfronts and I'm going to explain what it is. It happens every May. Every network goes to New York City and they present the fall lineup and they invite all the media buyers and all the advertising executives to come and they will entertain them the last up front, we had Stevie Wonder perform. Before that, it was Katy Perry. Before that, it was 30 Seconds to Mars. Before that, it was Flo Rida. It's just a whole, you get big celebrity names like that come in and perform a couple songs. Yeah, and then you present the fall lineup and you show a three-minute sizzle reel slash presentation reel slash trailer for a new show, for the, each new show, with so that the, the media buyers will buy the advertising for the show. Are you ready for this up front to help offset the cost of production in August when the shows go to, or in July when the shows go to the camera. Okay. So that is a, that audition. It's, it, it can be called a sizzle reel, a presentation reel, a trailer for it. All that means the same thing. It's a three minute piece to show the media buyers and the ad executives, uh, the new show. We're going to pick one show. There's maybe four new shows, but we'll just talk about one. So let's just say you get an audition for that. And we'll use the word sizzle reel because I just, just, that's just what I just decided. So you get that audition for the sizzle reel and they book you and, and you're going to probably get the weekly promos too, you know, and if it's a 22 episode run and that thing runs for five years, do the math. Okay. So when you get that sizzle reel, that, that presentation reel audition, you got to knock that one out of the park. Now, Perfect. there is a propensity to get nervous with your auditions. And as a result of this nervousness, this hesitancy, there is a default to what I call the bland generic read. There is nothing that can kill your career faster than a bland generic read. Okay. You know, find the, find an attitude, find a point of view. Okay. We write with a point of view in mind, perform with that same point of view in mind. Don't just default to something that's flat and it will never fly. It's just, you're going to get what's called eh next in. Now what that means is we have 50 auditions to listen to eight words in. I, you've defaulted to a bland generic read and we roll our eyes and go, eh, next. And we go to the next person. Okay. Don't allow yourself to get eh next. In. It is a crime against humanity. If you do that. I don't want to be eh, nexted ever. I don't blame so, you one bit. So on that note, so when you have new or newer talent in the industry, do you, knowing that promo is kind of this, you know, top of the mountain opportunity, do you recommend, maybe you don't, but do you recommend like a coaching track? Like, hey, really get commercial under your belt. Really yes. work on, okay, so on, yeah. you know, yeah, so. <coughs> 
you know, here, here, I'll put it this way. I want you to think you're, you're an outstanding high school baseball player. All right. That's like a beginning voice of ours. This is my silly analogy. So just run with this one. Okay. Going from high school baseball, going from starting out in voiceover into promo, it's like going from high school baseball straight to major league baseball. And it's virtually impossible. What commercial is, is like going from high school baseball to single A, double A, triple A, or major league baseball. With single A baseball and this silly metaphor of mine being like voicing your local appliance store promo, all the way up to major league baseball, which would be a national Verizon campaign. Okay, so you got these single A, double A, triple A opportunities starting out. Cut your teeth in commercial. I cannot recommend it enough. You know, now, yes, are there exceptions? Of course, you know, for my daughter's high school, then Giancarlo Stanton, now Mike Stanton, went straight from Notre Dame High School baseball to the then Florida Marlins, now Miami Marlins. And yeah, a guy like Gabe Kunda went from starting off from scratch straight into promo. It happens. It's just an anomaly when it does. Yeah, so, don't don't uh, assume. Yeah, don't assume you're that person. Right. So, what does pro? So, okay, let's say I've cut my teeth. I'm 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 getting work, but now I'm like, okay, I know the answer to this because I've worked with, yeah, David Alden, Joseph Richard Redfield, like you know. So, <coughs> others. Yes. What does promo coaching look like? I mean, are you just feeding me lines and I'm, you know, and I'm just saying it like you did. Cause you know, honestly, that doesn't sound real hard, Harry. No, I do. I'm a, I'm like a promo coach as we all know. And I just try to, what I do is help you look for clues on the page on things you can do, things involving retail, things involving adjectives, understanding if the dialogue is driving the spot or if you, the voiceover is driving the spot. You know, how to do a contrapuntal read, which I would I'll explain in a lesson if you ever want to. And there's just a lot of elements that are, it's, it's just like I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you how to crack the code. That makes so, sense. No, you're not, I'm not just having you parrot me, you know, especially considering how horrible my VO voice is. <laughs> but, um, but no, there's, there's ants, all the, I have an adage that I say to everybody in the very first lesson. It goes like this. You ready? All the answers lie on the page. Okay. All the answers to how to go about an audition lie on the page. You just got to be able to decipher these answers. You know, it's like, you know, like a Dan Brown book. You've got to take the cipher and, and decrypt it. And you know, But the answers are there. You just got to know, know what to look for. But there's also the importance of visualization and timing when it comes to promo. How do right. you How do you tap into that for actors? Well, most scripts will tell you the running time, okay? 30-second <clears throat> spot is the normal running time, okay? Anything over 30 is over length. Anything under 30 is a cut down, okay? So if they don't say 30, assume 30. And if you see a bunch of dialogue and you're going slow, it'll never fit. So you've just shot yourself in the foot. Because what will happen, the way, the, uh, the way you get approved is you get a whole, so you get a whole bunch of auditions. Let's say 100 people, let's say, no, no. Oh, no, I've never listened to 100 auditions. 50 people audition, okay? And I got my spot, cut, my spot cut with my scratch VO in there. And I like these six people. I'm going to cut them into the spot and show them to the senior vice president. And she will pick which one of these six goes on. Let's say I think you're great. And I love your voice. And I try to cut you in. But you, your read is so damn slow that it won't fit in the pod for voiceover. I have to throw you out. 
You know, I'm not going to recut yeah. a spot and make it a 33 because you, you can't read because you can't, you know, so just be conscious of, you know, it's not a Shakespearean monologue you're doing. You're doing stuff to time. You just got to have a, a, an intrinsic feel for how, a, how it should, what, what a proper read is and default to faster than slower. Okay. So you've been in promo like what, two minutes? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So- yeah, exactly. Now, okay, so we've already talked about how the voice has changed over time. You know, that we're, we're finding more opportunities for females, uh, BIPOC, uh, you know. Um, what has changed on the production side? I mean, everything is faster, louder, different, or maybe it's not. Maybe has it really, has maybe the production side, what's being put out there, is it actually, you're like, no, nope, but it's still the same formula because it works. I guess so. I guess there's probably less VO. There's, the, there's been a trend to go towards trailers where, where they have no VO in trailers, but there, there's VO in promo. If nothing else, you got to do a title and a tag at the end, you know. Anyway, yeah. Right. JT, what do you got? The first time I ever saw anything from Mark Ryder was on LinkedIn. He cut this really cute video where he was walking out the door in his gi and he's like honey i'm going to the dojo as he's walking out the door his phone bings and he's like never mind and he comes back in and then he's in like a t-shirt and he's like honey i'm going to the gym bing never mind and he comes back in and you know couple scenarios and so everybody has that you know the golden handcuffs of promo you just bring your rig with you if you're going to i i i i've i've heard of people that got screamed at by uh by presidents of uh of, of these uh, voiceover agencies because they went on a vacation and then they didn't bring their rig. And so then the network had to hire somebody else and that person lost their job and the agency lost their commission. Just bring your rig. Can't be that hard. Hey, I have a friend that went to, to Disney world with his three kids and his wife and they're running around Disneyland and he got this audition and he knew he was just going to get shit. If he didn't go, oh, am I allowed to swear? Too bad. I just did. If, um, if he didn't get the audition. So he had to leave Disney Disney World. What's one in Florida? Disney World. Go to his hotel, do the audition, submit it, and then go back to Disney World and try to find his family. That's just, that's just, them's the breaks. Now, you can tell your agent and say, well, I'm going to be, just don't go like on a four-week cruise, you know, to the, up the Rhine River. Because A, you'll never have any Wi-Fi and you'll never be able to do this. And I don't know, just, find a vacation that's rig friendly how about that all right so why is the turnaround so fast for promos and trailers and like they don't know what's coming ahead of time i don't know if it's really that fast it's like well here's the thing well here's here's the answer so something has to ship on friday okay and it's taken till tuesday to get it approved you know you know so on wednesday (coughs) so finally at five o'clock on tuesday it's approved the music's cleared. Everything is like now. All right, now we got two days to finish the spot. We, all right, so we got to get somebody. In a, you know, we got to we got to start auditioning people. And I need everybody to have it in by Wednesday at ten because I got to pick somebody. And if, if and then we got to bring you in. So if I listen to everything at ten on Wednesday, then at three o'clock we will have decided. And then I need to bring you in at four o'clock on Wednesday, and we read you. And then they mix it. And then first thing Friday morning, I'm looking at the. Uh, the approvals and wants to prove that it goes on the two thirty feet on Friday to go out on air. And that's why. 
because it's not that these spots are sitting around with three weeks, you know, you know, lead time. They're approved and everything, sitting around waiting for VO. No, that's the last part of it. Okay, so it just doesn't move that fast on the back end. So the- approvals are approvals. I mean, yeah. what if yeah. the senior vice president, the executive vice president, president of the network, they go, no, no, I don't like this. Let's let's you know, and that happens quite a bit. You know, they, late late approvals mean very quick turnaround on finishing. Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of medical stuff I found is like that, too, because you're waiting for legal to do the approval on the uh, on the ISI. And they're like, OK, now we need to do this because the product is launched and we. Yeah. Very similar. I would have to assume it's the same <coughs> in all genres that, you know, commercial, you know, any genre. They just late approvals and they want you know, they want to get it on the air as soon as possible once it's approved. They don't want to sit around, hey, it's approved. Let's just wait six weeks to air it. No, it's done. Let's go air it right away. Go, go, go. Especially in commercial. I can't imagine a commercial would want to sit on it for six weeks before they put it on the air. How important is the home studio at this point? I mean, are they still bringing people in to, no. to do After this? COVID never happens anymore. Never. Does okay. not happen. COVID killed that. They just don't want people around, you know. So, and you don't need to, if you've got a great rig, great, you know, I'm just so happy that ISDN died a slow, horrible, miserable death. And, and then we went over to Source Connect, although Source Connect has its issues too, you know, especially this PC into a PC on one end, Mac on the other end, Source Connect, because you, then you got to deal with ports and, and then, but our network has a corporate firewall and you can't change the ports. Because that's just part of the the thing, and oh my god, it's just it's just chaos. Dogs sleeping with cats, cats sleeping with dogs. There's chaos everywhere. So, and that's just gross. So, um, <laughs> we, we, we don't need a voice. That would be a vo orgy. Um, well, so in talking about the studio stuff, I mean, do you are you one of these people that has a preference on the mic that you're using, or is there a is that a standard? Pretty much For everybody promo? uses a Sennheiser 416 in promo. Pretty much, you know, yeah. A couple of people okay. use the Neumann. That, you know, that what's good about a, a 416 is that it's very directional and you don't get a lot of outside ambience or anything. It's just very – I like the unidirectional. Is that the right word? Unidirectional, one direction of, of a, a 416. And I kind of request it on demos when I do demos. Have you ever – we should talk about demos at some point, but when you do do a demo, please do it with a 416. I guess you can do a 187. It's fine, but don't get a Radio Shack microphone and plug it into your phone and think that's going to work. That's all I ask. Well, we're going to jump to that next. AB, are you with us? I'm back. Yes. Yay. So can you jump in for our half, since we were at the halfway mark? And then, yeah, let's talk about demos. Sure. What yeah. would you like to talk about? So I... We we have so much to talk about. I'm going to quick give a nod to our sponsor because we love Studio Bricks. I'm in a Studio Bricks booth right now, and I have to tell you guys, my kids have been sick, and I have a six-year-old, and it has been so nice that he can sit on the couch. There, studio Bricks has a big, nice window. I can see him. He can sit out in this in my studio on the couch, and like I can't hear his iPad, and I can record and get stuff done, and he can be sitting there, and so... We are big fans of Studio Bricks. If you're interested to learn more, talk to me, uh, reach out, feel free, or reach out to the people at Studio Bricks. So that promo for Studio Bricks, <laughs> not a, the same kind of promo, but 
um, being done. Let's let's chat about demos. I know that JT just made a demo with you. So I'm going to ask the questions because I have not made a promo demo. Um, is it, I'm going to go straight to the, to the hard question, Harry. Do you still need a demo? Can you work off of samples? Will, if you already have agency representation, can you just send in samples or what do you, no, what do you think? You need a demo and you need, well, there's a lot of purposes for a demo. Okay. Hey, so you don't have an agent. You want to sign with one of the big agencies, Atlas, you know, KMR. They're not, they want to hear your promo demo. They want to hear how you perform promo. They want to hear how you perform commercial. And then there's usually a third one, you know, Atlas likes, they're pretty big into video games, animation. That's a good one to have. Some people have corporate narration, whatever. It's nice to have three demos, minimum of two, commercial and promo. Okay. So that's how they'll determine if they want you or not. A. B, you're at a big agency, but they haven't sent you promo auditions in a while, but you've improved. So you make a demo, you play it for your agents, the brand new demo, they go, oh, and then, you know, now I understand your brand. And all of a sudden the, the, uh, auditions pick up. Okay. All right. And see it's, if you're, this is the one that kills most people. You've got to be a good self-marketer in this business. You know, if you can't self-market and you're just relying on agents, it's, you know, it's, it's not smart. So when you get a promo demo done and it's and it's six there's usually six promos on a demo it cannot run more than 90 seconds or else it gets really boring it's got to sound like it aired like those promos actually aired on the network and you are actually the voice of of those promos okay so uh so it's got to sound legit you know it's got to sound real you cannot sound like you don't want to have like a, a an arrow spot and there's some soft giddy music driving it because you know that there's no way that would have been a real promo so it's got to sound real okay so there's just a lot of ways a demo can help your career i just without one i just think it's there's just i don't know how you get ahead so let me ask you this um in the current market it's nigh on to impossible to get an agent to take you on like they're it just is. nobody's nobody's signing nobody's signing anybody like unless you're uh, unless you have some very specific uh niche sound that nobody else has or you um are somebody who can maybe fill a an empty space in their roster um but most of us especially those of us who are look and sound the same talk the same we're, we're not we're not getting in right like we're not going to get in the door. Let's just be frank here. So if we're not going to get in the door, is there any benefit in training for and making a promo demo? If you don't think you can get in the door, well, then no. I mean, but who's to say you can't get in the door? You know, everybody has a brand. Okay. What is your brand? You know, the the raspy girl or the wry ironic voice or, you know, there's just a whole bunch of different brands, you know. You know, we put a, you know, Jen had this little Raya Serbic thing going for him. We branded her that way in her, in her, in her promo demo. If you have a brand and you know what it is and you prom and your promo demo producer also knows what it is, you're going to get something that people will be able to identify with. What you don't want is just some generic voice print kind of demo. That's not going to help you, but understand I'm really big on brand. Okay. That's how you get agents. That's how you get jobs is understanding your brand. Okay, that's a whole conversation that'll take us <coughs> into the wee hours of the morning talking about brand. But I would, I don't know, I just don't agree with you that 
that you should not make demos because you're not going to, that's kind of defeatist, isn't it? Well, they're not going to sign me, so why bother? Yeah, I guess I would say don't bother, I would say in that regards. But if you understand (laughs) your brand, you understand your place in the marketplace, how your brand works, God, yeah, do it. Do get, make sure your commercial and your promo and your third demo reflect that. AB, without going down well, the rabbit hole of branding, why don't yeah. you discuss? <laughs> why don't you? I love branding too. Um, why? Yeah, don't we you, love branding. About your kind of aha moment with Harry about what you were like. This is my branding, and how Harry explained, like your yes. voice. Yeah. So that's actually a really interesting conversation. I want to first say, Harry, I don't actually disagree with you. I do think that it's still worth people taking that shot. I just feel like that's kind of a a mentality that we're hearing a lot of in the industry, and I wanted your opinion on it. Um, I think that we always have to be willing to take risks in this this industry, and you never know whether that (laughs) risk is going to pay off or not, but um, it definitely... It definitely can. So that being said, I I sat and had a conversation with Harry and anybody who's been a bestie for a while knows that my particular brand of who I am as a person is uh, I don't drink. I don't swear. I don't um, like I I have five kids and chickens in a garden. You don't rat your hair. I don't rat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I am Sandra D. It is. It, that's who ah. I am. Um, that is my, that's my personality, right? Like I, and it's what I, I love that about myself. I have no desire to suddenly become Sandra D at the end of Greece, right? Uh, but Sandy, Sandy was her name, right? Yes. Um, but when I was talking to Harry, he doesn't know me at all. And or at that point, he didn't know me at all. And we had that we just had like, you know, maybe a 20 minute conversation. He says, I've got your brand. And and based just off of my voice, he's like, oh, your brand would be like a little bit irreverent. And and I, I don't even remember the words that you used, but it was so I- not how I pictured myself. And we it was kind of an aha moment for me of what we are isn't always what we sound like and our voice print doesn't always match the image we have in our head of who we are. And so it's, I've actually had a lot of fun trying out some new things I might not have tried before with my voice. You're still not going to find me swearing and and doing stuff. That's not, I, that my kids wouldn't listen to. That's, that's kind of one of my rules. That's my mommy thing. But it opened a whole bunch of doorways to me in my mind of things I thought I wasn't capable of or what my voice sounded like. And it's been really fun. So talk a little bit about how does someone figure out what their brand voice, when we talk about brand here, we're talking specifically about what our voice conveys when people hear it, right? Not like what cute tagline and colors we've chosen for our website. Right. No. So, you make a good point. You know, your brand is not, first of all, in terms of swearing, there's, I can't remember a promo that had a swear word in it. So you're safe there. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 you know, it's, and the promo is not going to be inappropriate. Maybe the show is a, isn't a show you'd watch, you know, like, I mean, on, like years ago on Showtime, they had a show called The Affair. Very popular show. It was about exactly what it was about this married, these two married people that are having an affair. All right. That's probably not something that's, in your wheelhouse, but it, why not voice it? it? Doesn't mean you're having right. an affair. It just means you're voicing the affair TV show, you know. So, 
don't be afraid of, of stuff like that. You know, you know, just, but I understand, but don't worry. You'll never come across swearing in a, in a, in a promo audition. I can promise you that. Okay. Um, but understanding your brand is if you don't understand your brand, you don't have a chance. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what separates you from everybody else is understanding your brand. If you're not sure what your brand is, work with a coach, you know, do lessons with a coach. He'll help you with your brand. I, I usually can figure out brands pretty quickly, but that's just me. You know, I'm sort of a brand savant, I guess. That's, you know, of all the things I have skill at, that's probably the only thing. So, <coughs> so just work with somebody that. Well, one of the things. See, what's dangerous about one doing of the things... demos. Let me say this real fast, Alicia, and then we'll go back to your question. Go ahead. What's go ahead. really dangerous about doing demos with strangers, meaning someone you've never worked with, is they don't know your brand. And if you don't know your brand, they're not going to know it. And then they're going to, you know, then they, oh, you're a woman. Okay. That's your brand. No, being a woman is not your brand. Being a woman is your gender. It is certainly not your brand. And all of a sudden you get a bunch of scripts for army wives and three Hallmark movies and, you know, and two HGTV shows. And you're like, oh, wait, what? You know, you got to work with somebody that understands you and your brand. Okay. Coaches are by far the best people to do demos with by far because they've worked with you you know they're not guessing all right go ahead with your question there's a lot of self-fulfilling prophecy in the voiceover industry if we get in our minds that we are a certain way that our voice is a certain way that we can only accomplish certain things um, I like to joke that I'm not funny <laughs> and typically I'm not I'm I'm not that's not ever been kind of my thing right like Jen tells the jokes both of them and I laugh and um talking to you and you're like oh you've got this irreverent sound da, 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 you know and, and I could sure. see you doing quirky like off the cuff stuff or whatever I auditioned about gosh it must have been not long after Dallas I auditioned for a just a huge project huge project and um it required improv and off the cuff and I probably would in fact my first instinct was not to audition. Now, this was not promo. This was commercial, to be clear. Okay. But I almost did not audition. And I remembered your words. And I thought, you know what? Who am I to say what I am not? Let's give it a try, you know? And I auditioned. And um, it, was a, it was a project with Tina Marasco. And she actually um, called me to let me know I was the number one choice. I was on oh. for a week. I was the number one choice. Um, and they ended up going with a celebrity that didn't even audition, which pisses me off on a whole different level. But um, they, I didn't get the job, but I, I would never have tried if it hadn't been for that change in belief of don't limit yourself to what you think you're capable of. Try fun things. Try new things. I improved in that script in, in all sorts of silly ways that I never thought I was capable of before. So what do you say to new talent to help them not fall into that box of, oh, you, I'm only this one thing. Well, let, let me tell you a story. So uh, the second week of September, I was in Kansas City doing one of my all-day promo seminars, okay? And we all know the, the wonderful Tracy Lindley, okay? She, but she didn't really understand where her place was in the promo world. You know, and, and she, like you, Alicia, is she's a mother. She has four children. She's a dedicated mother. She doesn't put up with the riffraff of the same things you don't, profanity and, you know, so on and so forth. 
So she's very like-minded and, and like you, she's also very talented. So we were doing what I call macho reads. Macho reads are, you know, superhero shows and certain sporting, you know, UFC fights. And I teach a thing to the women that you can't compete with a man by trying to lower your voice and do a macho read. It's just going to sound ridiculous. So you have to do something a man cannot do. Okay. And that is what I call the sultry read, you know, which is like a sultry, sexy. I do it terribly, you know, sultry, sexy read, like a sultry read. Now, sexy is a little weird, but a sultry read. Okay. And I have everybody, every woman that, that works with me go to a, Go to YouTube and ask them to type in Warriors Radio DJ. And then the second box is this woman in front of a microphone. She is a uh, radio DJ. And the way she talks, and you just listen about 30 seconds of, again, Warriors Radio DJ. And you get this whole idea of what a sultry sound should like, sound like. So cut to last week, two weeks ago. She gets an audition for NASCAR. Bought the most macho possible audition you could get. She calls me and goes, can you help me with this audition? I go, I would love to. I go, so based on what we learned in uh, Kansas City, what should we do first? And she goes, the sultry read? I go, yes, the sultry read. So she did a sultry read, and then we did a backup, a B version. And here's the, here's the moral of the story. Not only did Fox hire her, not only did she get the job, but they used her sultry audition on the air and she never had to tap. She never even had to go to Fox. They bought nice. her freaking audition. Okay. So this is a woman like you, four kids, devoted mother, devoted wife, you know, active part of her community, active part in her church, did a sultry read and booked a job and not just a job, NASCAR on Fox job. It's definitely an important lesson that we, we don't we don't know what we're capable of until we give it a try and put ourselves out there a little bit, right? Yes. Exactly. Well, and every so, girl should know the, the DJ Warriors radio DJ spot. Just go to YouTube. <laughs> you'll see an orange background. It's a woman you see a, a very close shot of a woman. It's like part of her nose, her lips, and what looks like a Sennheiser mic. No, actually it's not a Sennheiser mic. It's it's the movie's from forty years ago. And a microphone. And she's just, oh, and she's just talking. And she's t- what, what the movie is about is about this gang, a New York gang that has to go from the west side to the east side. They have to travel across town and go through all these different gang neighborhoods. And she's in a very sultry way. She's telling them, watch out for this gang, watch out for that gang. And if you knew if they had booked a man to play that radio DJ, it would be like, all right, watch out, warriors. You've got this gang coming at you. This, And it would have been like that kind of a read. But the fact that they took this woman and they – and they had a reader in a sultry manner was so much more effective. So I just tell women, please go to that YouTube and watch, listen to that voice. That's the proper way to do a sultry read. Perfect. So I want to switch gears a little bit, um, if it's okay. You said something earlier that I want to come back to, and and I don't think I quite understood. So if we're saying most of the promo work, and I missed about 15 minutes when I was in school picking my kid up. So if if you said this, I apologize. Most of the promo work we know is coming through a few, a handful of major agencies. But you said it was really important for for someone seeking promo work to be great at direct marketing. Who are we direct marketing to? Well, there's a whole world out there called affiliates. And it's like, when you watch Seinfeld at 11 o'clock at night, you know, or modern family admit whatever it is, that's 
that's an affiliate station. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you can use your promo demo to direct market station managers of the, you know, there's just, you know, the four letter call for Raleigh, North Carolina, the four letter call for Fort Worth, Texas, the four letter call for Detroit, Michigan. You know, there's all these affiliate stations throughout the country that are not broadcast, broadcast being ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CW. Okay. Those are the five broadcast networks. But after they go off the air, you know, from 11 p.m. on until, you know, from 11 p.m., you get your Seinfeld and your Modern Family type reruns, okay? Then you've got, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you've got Steve Harvey, Ellen, the Kelly Clarkson show. All that is affiliate, affiliate programming. Okay. Okay? Your 6 o'clock local news, affiliate programming, okay? There are promos for all that stuff, okay? Now... I also do affiliate demos, which are very helpful to, to people that can book them. But if you don't want to make an, a, both a promo and an affiliate demo, you can submit a promo demo to these station managers if you are have the skill set to, or the patience, I should say, to do uh, direct marketing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we you just search for affiliates and look for like their marketing director or well one of the tricks of the yeah you got to you got to go to the website and you can figure out an email pretty easily because they'll say like maybe let's say that a guy John Jones is the station manager for WABC in Detroit or I don't know I'm just making up letters okay and then you, you say you want to apply for a job Go to Liz, contact Liz Smith, Liz.Smith at WABC.com. Well, seeing that email address, you know that this dude is John.Jones at WABC.com. You can figure out his email based on the HR person's email for applying for a job. There's just little workarounds like that where you can figure out how to get to these people, you know? And then you've got to make a big MailChimp list of all these uh, affiliate uh, station managers and every so often you know, like once every two months or something, send them something, you know, that, that's just a technique. You know, I know I have, a, mm-hmm. I have a client named Chris Miller, who's a genius at this. And he just, and he just, God, he's got a list of 2000 people now, you know, but it, it, it just requires the patience and, and, and this, the, you know, you got to just hunt and peck for these names and figure out the emails like that. Well, we've pretty much made it to an hour and I'm going to turn it over to me. Um, somebody's me. asking you questions. NJ. <laughs> me. Let me do it. So, Harry, first of all, thanks again for joining us. You have Of course. Been, uh, I asked you to be charming. and I failed miserably, but I tried. Not, I meant well. Bravo. Bravo. You did it. Okay. So, one of the fun things we do, well, we think it's fun, uh, be, for each of our guests, before you go, we ask you three for fun questions, kind of James Lipton style. So... Our first question is, what show or series are you binge-watching right now? Oh, God. Or if you're not binge-watching, what are you watching? I just finished, and I couldn't recommend it enough, is Slow Horses. If you want to see Gary Oldman at his finest, and I mean better than anything he's ever done in his life, go watch him as Jackson Lamb in Slow Horses. It's a, it's a British show, but it's freaking magnificent. I can't recommend it enough. All right. Question two. Uh, what is the scenario? What's your dream vacation? Where, where are you going? What are you doing on your dream vacation? Well, prior to last month, I was thinking about doing a cruise from Istanbul to Haifa, Israel. 
Um, I don't think I'm going to do that cruise now. Maybe pause. Pause on that one. Yeah, okay. Maybe go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> go the other way. I kind of want to do the Mississippi, though. I just, I'm really, I'm a sort of, I read a lot about the Civil War, and I really want to go to Vicksburg, because what Ulysses S. Grant did in Vicksburg was one of the most brilliant military strategic moves I've ever read about in my life. I kind of want to walk through that and see that. I kind of like that kind of nerdy shit, so... Right. Sorry, Alicia, I swore. All right, last question. If you were stuck in an elevator, what song would you be able to tolerate on repeat? Well, let's see. I'd be so claustrophobic. Uh, it's an open-air elevator. <laughs> what song? God. What song can you listen to over and over and not lose your mind? I can listen. You know what? I can listen to any song from the Who's Quadrophenia, and I'd be happy. That would any song from that album. It's such a brilliant album. It's, I think it's the greatest rock and roll album ever made. All right, done. JT, we want to thank everyone for joining us live today. If you're listening to our podcast, feel free to join us live on LinkedIn every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the Bo Booth Besties Facebook group. Did you miss a live episode? You can always catch the recording later on on our website at boothbesties.com or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. We would love it if you would hop on any platform, leave us a review. Those reviews help us reach more listeners who are looking for great voiceover content. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, once again, make sure you're signed up for our VO Booth Besties newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. And every Monday, we're offering an accountability group at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern, hosted by the amazing Nevin Stoltz. And we've added a second group for now at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're interested in that group headed by Jess Matheson, please reach out to me because we may cancel it since we haven't had a lot of people participating. So it's a place you can set goals and work through them together and just develop and form some friendships. So Next Thursday, we'll be joined by Andy Field, and he's going to talk about character development. Can I say something real fast before we go? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, yes, my website is www.dunpromo.com or email me at harry at dunpromo.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Harry, That's for coming. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.